share with your word today. And as I decrease in flesh, I thank you that your spirit rises in me, that you think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords, that you would have your way in this place. We thank you that as we, even as we leave this place, we are made better for having been here. We thank you that your word has free course today. We plead the blood of Jesus against every satanic force that will come to bring a hindrance to your word. We thank you now that our souls are made better. In Jesus' name, every heart say amen. I would if you would lift your hands and open your mouth and give God praise. Father, we thank you. You're worthy of glory and honor. You're worthy of the praise. We bless your name. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I bless you and I praise you. I magnify you, hallelujah. Umataya shiketikin jabandia. The presence of the Lord is in this place and it's heavy. The king is here. You came to hear a word, but while we're here, let's worship. Glory, 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 glory. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We love you. Glory to your name. Do something for me. Won't you reach your arms around your neighbor and share the love of Christ with them and tell them how much you love them. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you. We glorify you. We bless you. We, you may have your seats. We give God praise for the opportunity to be here. When Pastor called me, there was no question or where I would be on the last Sunday in December. I have a great appreciation for this man of God. There's a lot of people that adorn the title man of God, but they only display man. But this man of God has been instrumental in closing chapter of my life in the past 18 years moving on to the next level and becoming pastor he picked up the phone and he called to find me that's an uncle and I have a great appreciation for him and he gave me a little bit of wisdoms on how to continue when I became frustrated in the first couple of years of being a pastor with the saints, he had to rebuke me a couple of times to get me together. And like I told him, the testimony today has changed. I see it differently, so I'm better. Somebody say amen. 
And I, listen, I don't, I don't care how you feel about it. Unless you look at what you're going through different than what you see, you're not going to get through it. So you got to change the way you see and how you're going through. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. I'm grateful to be here. The fellowship is along, is here with me. Our church is full gospel, love, and fellowship worship center. I have along with me my brother, who is the pastor of the House of Kingdom Revolution, Pastor Darrell C. Beecham. He's here with us today. I have my mother, Elder Sandra Walcott, who serves in ministry with me here today. Thank you for being here. My aunt, Deacon Annie Pam, in the back. She serves in ministry with us. I have my cousin, Minister Leah Brutus. She serves in ministry with us. I have my number one in the back, who is late. I have my number one, who is my youth pastor. She is a terror behind the microphone and anointed and will prophesy you into a whole nother world. My number one, Ashley, in the back end. My new addition, my new addition, baby Ariel, she's here, and I have my sister, my nephews, my cousins, we all just a family church, and we came to serve the Lord and to be here with you and lift up the name of Jesus, and let us not forget my uncle, Uncle Jeffrey. I believe he's my number one fan. And that's good to have your family supporting you in ministry. Amen. That means you're doing something right if they're there. Amen. Now, my number one in the back, she's going to give me a, she's going to read me today when we get home, but I'm timing up today. You know why? Because in this hour that we're living in, like I just said to pastor, I've been trained and I've been taught this is life and death that we do. And where we are in Christendom in this hour, we don't have time to pick and choose when we're going to decide to live for God. If you're going to be in it, get in it. Somebody say amen. And I'm, I, I might as well uh, put it out there. I'm not the type of preacher that's, that wants to tickle the fancy to make you feel good. I want to know that when I leave here, I've obeyed God, number one. And then number two, you have been helped. We got enough entertainment in this hour. Sister Marsha, Minister Marsha, Elder Marsha, she can get on the organ. I can take a scripture and I can hoop it through. But if you don't, if leave here without anything, then I've, I've, I haven't completed my task. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm glad to be here. And if my eyes serve me correctly, Captain Bragg is in the back today. Y'all don't even know. We worked together for a couple months. He was my captain and securitized. It's good to see you, sir. I appreciate him. He was good to me while I was there. Amen. Praise God. I'm not going to worry about patience. Let's go to Matthews, the fifth chapter. Matthew, the fifth chapter. We want to pick up two verses. want to look at verses 13 and verses 14. When you have it, signify by saying amen. Let us read together in concert the 13th verse of the 5th chapter of Matthew. Ready? Read. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? 
It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. 14. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. Grab your neighbor by the hand and share this thought with them. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Thank you, Jesus. It is my firm, my firm belief that God does not haphazardly do things because he's bored. I believe anything that God does or has done is done with a purpose. And with that said, each of us who number this room today, God has sent you because there is a divine purpose in your being here on this earth. And it is sad to assume that most people have lived and died without fully reaching what God had destined them to be or to do simply because life itself spoke something opposite to what God has said. And if we do not take in what he is saying to us about us, then we may fill the ground with the gifting that God has placed in us there is a gift that God has placed in us to be effective to this world for his glory. Grab your neighbor and look at them and say this with me. God has placed a gift in me for me to affect the world for his glory. But in seeing the state of the world, in which we live in. It is a fact that there is a lot of work that needs to be done by the church. But the church, the body of baptized believers, cannot affect this world for God's glory if we do not remember who we are. The Apostle Peter says it like this, but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him that have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We see the apostle identifying who we, the believers, should be. But again, it is hard when we don't realize who we are. Look at us. Look at us, the church, where we, the church, are, the culture, of the church is damaged by the church because the church have forgotten who they are. I'll say it again. Look at us, the church, the body of baptized believers, the culture 
of church has been damaged by the church because the church has forgotten who they are. We have become easy prey for the world to influence us instead of us influencing the world. We have taken on the attributes of the world, and by doing so, we have compromised godly integrity of the word, watering down the message as to not to offend the parishioners. To either keep the attendance at a proper level or to make sure that the tithe remains. All the while, this generation filled with questions trying to make sense out of this life. Okay. Pastor, am I free to be at home? When it's serious to me, I don't hoop. I talk. Because I want to make sure that when I leave here, I've done what he asked me to do, and I've said the right things to make sure that you are made better. Somebody say amen. amen. The church world, and I'm not here to beat the church world down because I'm part of the church world, and it would not make no sense, and I would look kind of stupid punching myself in the face for no apparent reason. But in order for us to be better, to be effective, to help this generation, we have to answer some questions ourselves. Are we really truly committed to Jesus? Have we really forgotten why we were saved in the first place? When we look at the church culture, it's about the name. Not the name of Jesus, but about the name of the preacher. If the preacher is a good hooper, let's go to his church. But still in all, not being made better. I have watched, and I don't know, uh, this is a generation that lives online. And I'm sure y'all have seen some of the things that I have seen. And I have watched this, these, now I'm not attacking mega ministry. I'm not. But the mess that the mega ministry has put out that we, a remnant of God, has to live above and beyond and also clean up. You hear what I'm saying? This is not the hour for us not to know who we are. We cannot forget that he came to die for us simply because he loved us. We have forgotten about the love. We have taken advantage of the love. We have made a choice that when I'm in church, I'm, oh Lord, help me, Jesus. I identify with the church, but when I leave these doors, I identify with the world. You have to make a choice of who you are. And do you not realize it is the church that tells you who you are. But the church has forgotten about this generation because we're so caught up in the hustle and bustle of this world order. 
and we have forgotten to turn back around and reach back to pull this generation to the place it needs to be. Now, where we have made the mark and made the mistake with this generation is where that generation before my generation made the same mistake with us. Instead of helping us, you bash us. I had to apologize to my daughter. I had to apologize to the youth department because I was taking time each week to tell them what they were not. And reminding them, well, when we were in church, this is how it was. It's a different day. And like I told the last ministry I ministered to, I said, you cannot go, you cannot deal with this generation the way my generation was raised. My generation was raised, I'm going to tell you to do something, you shut your mouth and you did it. This generation, you tell them to do something, I got a question about why you asking me to do this. You got to have some kind of answer for this generation or else you're not going to convince them to do nothing. Am I telling the truth here? We have gems that we are passing over. We have diamonds in the rough that we are passing over. All because I as a pastor need to make a name for myself. But my name can't save you. My name can't heal you. My name can't deliver you. But it is the name of Jesus. You got to remember who you are. This world system to the young people is designed to cause you to fail. It is against you. You cannot take the time to try to figure out how to manipulate the system. Because while you're trying to figure out how to manipulate the system, the system has already put you in a box. I told the youth department when I was part of the old land, I told them, I said, God has disqualified you from functioning by this world's order. You being saved cannot use the world system to get ahead. Your survival is through this word. And if you don't, how many of you, how many of you young people gave your life to God? How many of you have given your life to Jesus? Hustling drugs not going to work. Getting four to five jobs is not going to work. I have watched God, and this is just a small testimony. I have watched God help me to make sure rent is paid with my salary being what it is. And while my wife was delivering and taking care of the baby and getting the baby's here and all that kind of stuff, I'm on my own trying to make it work. The Lord said to me, why are you trying to do it by yourself? And the scripture says and amplified, and him being a partner in our labor, we know that all things work together. So, Eric, why are you frustrating yourself? Because I went through changes. Maybe I, you know, I was, maybe I need. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something about me. I'm going to keep it real with you. But don't treat me like I don't know what I'm talking about because I know what I'm talking about. Because the saints, we think. And the way we think, we don't think godly. For, uh, I'm done.
Guy's a pastor. Got a whole family. Got a church too. But when I saw the struggle, Eric mine started working. Eric mine went to him. Maybe you need to get a second job. That ain't, that, that ain't the bad one. The bad one was, maybe you need to go talk to your old boys you grew up with, see if you could put some money down on some cocaine. So y'all ain't never been in a tight place trying to get out of it while you trying to depend on God at the same time trying to do God's job. This generation is missing it. And the reason why they're missing it is because we put it down. We put it down. We forgot who we were. We forgot about prayer. We forgot about fasting. We, for, we forgot about making sure at least you get a half an hour in that word every day. But because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, you ain't got time for God. You got something to prove. You got to get 12 jobs and almost kill yourself before you get the chance to begin to enjoy life. My oldest was telling me about a year ago about trying to get more than one job. And I was telling her, no, she was in school and trying to work. I said, well, you know, trying to be daddy, you know, you need to love me for good forever. Don't change how you feel. I could, look, while you're in school, I'll take care of you. And I'll, because in my mindset, I want you to enjoy what I never got a chance to enjoy. You got the chance to go to school and make a choice of whether or not you wanted to go after school for education. You had you the opportunity and which was stripped from me. So I'm not going to stand in your way of life to embrace it and to conquer it. But at the same time, I still want you to understand life is not your friend. What you mean? Am I the only one that realized that? It is... Life is hard. Life make you want to kick somebody in their throat and keep on moving. And I'm proud of her. I'm very proud of her. She done graduated from school, hair cosmetology, and she working. And she helping pay bills at the house. So she's matured and doing what she's supposed to do because I realized I got to put in her what was put in me. We sat at a table for over an hour arguing back and forth between the generations of what, when you become a grandparent and how the grandparent interfered with the parent trying to raise the child. We went through a whole scenario of everything. But I thank God for the mother that I had. Because she punched me in the ribs and made sure I knew that's not the way you're supposed to go. And by lying, brother, she kicked us in our back. We didn't have a real man in the house except my grandfather. And he had his own things he had to deal with. We didn't have that. So she had to be mama and daddy and had to punch a rib out every now and again and put it on the Barbie. And then bring it to you and remind you, this belongs to you. If you want your body to be right, I can put it back. If not, I'm kicking out another one. 
And as a child, it angered me. It hurt me. It made me feel like my mother didn't care. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I started understanding, oh, that's why she did that? I understand now, Lord. I was mad with her for a long time over that. She told, my mother told me that I would never get married because I was a dictator. I just told my wife this morning before we left the house, I didn't realize how fussy I am. What are you saying? I, it took me, I got, how many of y'all know how old I am? Don't you put your hands down. Y'all put your hands down. I want somebody to call out my age in here. Nobody that knows me personally. What, what, how old, do you know? All right, give me a number. Close. You got it on right there, 42. Let me say this to you. It took me to my mid-30s for me to understand who I was. Preaching. Leading youth. It took me to my mid-30s for me to understand who I was. So when you come to me, at the age of 19 and 20, just breaking into a second decade of life, you can't come to me trying to convince me of what you believe because you ain't been here long enough. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're, what the Bible said, I call the old because they know the way, the young because of their strength. So it's my responsibility to enlighten you. What you enlighten me about? And I'm not trying to come off being, most people think that that's being nasty, but it's truth. It's truth. We dealing with a, oh, Jesus, I don't know. They're going to jump me after church. I'm already going to get beat up by number one in the back. She solicited friends and stuff like that. They may get me. This generation is a great generation and don't know it. They are the generation that takes that takes us in. Do you get that? Into his coming. This is the generation that brings us there. But we can't get there if this generation don't know who they are. Where's that in my notes? Listen to this. The Lord said this to me while I was typing it up this morning. They have to be careful for an identity crisis because that's what's going on. And I sat there and I thought about it. Most people don't know. Can I be honest? I just have to be transparent so I can be helpful. Most people don't know the situation from our last ministry and what happened. This is how I'll begin this story. When it ended, the church as a whole had an identity crisis. What does identity crisis mean? A period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure. We didn't have no leader. Who am I? Where am I going from this point? What am I going to do with myself? 
am I going to continue to survive? Father, are you with me as you were with him? What am I going to do? Until he identified in me, I called you. I'll say it like this over the heads. All things work together for the good. There are some things that God has to allow to happen to get you where you need to go. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to like everything you got to experience. Grow up. It's called life. It's called life. We have a running joke in our house with number one. We just say, welcome to adulthood. Because as a child, mommy, daddy, whatever the problem is, they fix it. Hit 21 and see if the backs don't turn. Because at the end of the day, like I tell my oldest all the time, I'm not going to be here forever. And I need to make sure that when I'm gone, you're going to survive and take this world by storm. Because I'm not putting garbage in you. I'm putting success in you. And you need to know at all times who you are. Because I'm only telling you what God has said. Not something that I'm making up because I'm bored. God, listen. Say this with me. Everybody in this earth God has gifted to be successful. Most times, our young people, they are intimidated because we've made this walk seem so far-fetched. What I'm trying to do is to make, excuse me, to make sure that they understand what we thought it was. It really ain't. God want a relationship with you, simply put. We had to go through years of sitting on an altar. I used to get so mad with God in the church because when I did wrong, I'd repent. But when I came to church, I was made to feel so bad that I had to repent three more times in order for me to understand I was forgiven. I'm learning to teach grace. Because that's what it's. If you understand what Jesus came to do for you, for you to be successful, you hold on to that. And we have to kill that old world of thinking, that old way of thinking, the way that we have. Listen, I'm not against nothing, Jesus. Nothing, Jesus. What I'm against is being put in a box so you own me. No, 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 no. Jesus, I can't open myself up like that. Yes, I can, because you said so. Listen, I lived 18 years in service in a box and did not know I was in it. And when I got out the box, you can talk to my wife. I would not leave the house for fear. Y'all don't understand what I've come through. You don't understand what I've come. I just realized I was in witchcraft, mind control, manipulation. In a box. I would. Oh my God. 
My first job in 20 years was a securities job. And I was scared to leave the house to go. My family know all I did was go to church and go back home. I didn't have no friends. I was lonely. I wanted a relationship with my daughter. I figured out and found out purposely things were done to make sure that that was severed. When I tell you, I'll leave it at this. When I tell you the Pandora box that opened for my education, for me to be who I am today, for me to understand, God made choice of me. There are some things you're going to go through, and he's going to show you. I put you through it because I made choice of you. I put you through it because you're strong enough to go through it. One thing about this generation that bothers me is the complaining. We didn't complain too much. We complained under our breath, but we didn't complain to when we started marches. I don't want to go to school. 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 And then three months later, Congress puts a bill out. If you don't want to go to school, you don't have to. This is a protesting generation. And I'm sorry, it bothers me. Because we were, are made who we are today because of the way that we were raised and trained. They told us who we are. We put it down. We did that. And this youth department, young people, the identity crisis that they are dealing with is far beyond what we even know. Even to the point, if I'm safe in saying, even down to their sexuality, the confusion, the uncertainty that goes on there. In the beginning, God said, and now the world system is making it okay for the woman. When we was in the hospital, they do the walk around thing. The woman said to my wife, "Well, what gender?" Are you going to choose for the baby? I said, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 What gender? I can't say it because I'm not going to say it. But if you got that, then you're a boy. And if you got that, then you're a girl. How is it that? And then to make it worse, the mother and father can't choose. The baby's supposed to, yeah, she's going to wake up and go, nah, 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 nah. Am I supposed to know what you want to be with that? We ain't paying attention to how the world system is smothering us directly into what they want us to believe and to be. Who are we? Are we going to cry out and spare not and be different? Or are we going to fall and fold? And be what they say we're supposed to be. Are we researching and looking at the Catholics and the things that they are beginning to implement? Because whether you realize it or not, the world identifies us as a church by the Catholics. Now, the Pope I just read online a week ago is getting ready to tell everybody... 
Say it. Should I? Should I help the world or stay quiet? Help us. They putting it into, into, the, into Catholicism. I got it right this time. That homosexuality is in the scripture. I didn't read that. He said from the beginning I created male and female. That's what Jesus said. But what I'm trying to get you to understand, I'm not attacking nobody. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that this world system is going against purposely everything that God has established. And the sad part about it is we're not paying attention to what the world is doing to us. Because at the end of the day, if they had their way, they shut us all down. Because they don't believe what we believe. But that's what makes you who you are. Because you're peculiar. You're different. You're not supposed to be like the world. And the more you try to fit in the world, the worse it's going to be for you. Moms, what was the scripture? The ways of a transgressor is hard. That's all she preached to me growing up. And I had to walk that scripture out and realize, as much as I don't want to admit it, this woman's right. (laughs) You never want to tell your parents that they're right. (laughs) I don't know what it does, but it do give you some kind of power. Like, I know I was right when I said that. (laughs) I'm going to get some more rightness going on in this house. I'm going to educate you to make you better. We, 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 we want this generation to be successful, but they can't be successful if they don't know who they are. God says you're great. Do you say the same? God calls you successful. Do you say the same? God, and then even in sickness and disease, God says you're healed. Not going to be. You are healed. Do you say the same? We all must speak the same thing that he said in his word concerning us. Because if not, we forget our identity. My identity is I'm Eric Gregory Andrews. I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. In his image and after his likeness. I may not be a millionaire, but I'm a billionaire. You don't hear what I'm saying. My bank account say I'm a zillion, I'm a zero near, whatever you want to call it. But I say what he say about me that I am already rich. I am already successful. And this, hey, listen, this is not a prosperity gospel. It is a part of the gospel. It belongs to the believer that we are supposed to be wealthy because that's our identity. What did Jesus cry and ask God for? What did he beg? What did he beg for? He never had to beg. All needs met and supplied. He said to me, I found it. Look it up. Anything that I need has already been supplied according to who? His riches in glory. So why am I sitting up here tripping over a light bulb? Why? Why? Because I forgot who I was. I forgot that I'm a child of God. I forgot who he is making me to be. If you're going to be successful, dare to be different. Don't try to fit in. Let me tell you something. 42 years old, man, I spent majority of my life trying to please people, trying to prove a point, just to fit in, to fit, to try to fit in, not to even be liked. So I'm going to be a part in order to only to be the butt of your jokes. 
And I'll say this to you from my own personal experience. If you feel like I'm a church, I'm a church baby and I'm going to fit in. If you think you're fitting in, trust me, you fit in only to be the joke. Or you fit in only to be used. I'll say it to you like the world don't want you. They don't want you. The devil wants you away from God to curse God and die. But the world does not want you. You think that, oh, I can't get along with none of the church. I can't get along with none of the church folk. The church folk get on my nerves. The church folk this, the church folk that. I can, I can adapt better to the world. That says a lot about you. It says a lot about you. Which means you need to get your life together when it comes down to God. But don't forget who you are. Don't, and then don't let people... God, Jesus, this is good. I'm enjoying myself. I was really nervous. I told Pastor downstairs, I said, I was, I'm nervous. <laughs> I, was, I was really nervous. I said, you don't understand. It's kind of it's like you're going in front of your teacher to take a test and make sure that when you finish that they say A+. Plus. <laughs> and it's kind of like I'm in my mind. I said, I'm up here shaking. I said, well, I call your wife and tell her to sing a song. Get your nurse <laughs> Y'all didn't see me up there with my eyes closed. I was praying. That's the God said, the devil is a liar. I plead the blood on my flesh. You want to know why? Because my flesh was, I, you see me in the office, my hands were shaking. I was, I was severely nervous. But when you get into your element, whoo, God of who God has made you, there is a peace that comes. And what God wants from his young people is learn to identify who you are. Get your purpose. Get in that element, and I can guarantee you it's going to flow. It's going to work just like that. When I got into the office of being a pastor, everything happened just like that. We were homeless for two years. Homeless. When the thing closed and we sent for help and got help and we began things, I was sleeping on my sister's floor. And when the Lord used my mother to talk to me, because I'm telling you, Pastor, I was not going to be in New Jersey. I had gotten from between True Way, between Maranatha, the church hurt that I have experienced from leadership that tore my character. I came to serve, but yet behind my back, you're tearing me down. But it took God to help me to understand they're not me. I called you. I called you before you even met them. I say who you are. I can sit here all day long and browbait young people and make them feel bad about themselves. But I ain't got the last say God does. And at the end of the day, you need to know what he's saying about you for you to stand in this last day. Because whether you realize it or not, we're getting ready to go into a new decade, and this is about to get more tighter than what it is right now. You think this mess in the White House with Donald Trump is over with? Man, goodness gracious, goodness gracious, I think it's funny. People, I didn't vote. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I think he's funny. At first, I used to get upset with him. But then I started listening to him. I was like, yo, 
It's so sad this dummy believes half of the stuff he's saying. The, the sky is blue. Well, I see the sky to be purple. <laughs> Can't you look at it and see what we all see? The writing is on the wall. And the thing is, at the end of the day, I don't want none of the young people turning out like that. You understand what? Don't live in a mystery. Deal with life as it is, as it comes to you. Well, you know, you got, do you understand that you have the power over life? If you, what did Jesus die for if he didn't give you the power to own and master this life? And, and then look, look at what the word says. I come that you what? might have life, but I'm not just giving you regular life. I'm giving you abundant life far beyond for you to master over this life. And unless you get into God and know who you are, life is going to eat you alive. But one good thing, he's on your side. You still got more life to live. Youth, young people, successful, and you've had, some of us have experienced some success. And I'm not being prophetic, but I am at the same time. If you yield, Hukishamai, 100% over, he's going to show you above the dreams that he's already shown you about what he's going to do with you. You've got to know that you are greater. I keep saying to my wife, my wife is my encouragement. Because I keep saying to myself, babe, I can't do this. I feel like every time I go behind the pulpit, like I just be jibber-jabbering. Like I feel like I'm doing now, but it seems like it's effective. So therefore, let me keep it going. So she says to me, you know, every time you get behind it, I hear God. I'm like, you hear God? Hey, y'all tr- tell the truth. When you want to be pampered a little bit more, you start stringing it along. What you mean you hear God? In other words, what I'm saying is, pat me on the back for some more. Make me feel good. So then I'm convinced that I can continue on with the job, even though I was already secure because I already know who I am. Young people, who you are, you got to be careful who you connect to. One thing that Bishop Willie did teach us, my mind, say this with me, my mind needs stimulation of association of a successful other. If you are not going where I'm going, you can only tear me down and waste my time. If I'm in a bad place and you're not helping stimulate me to see in faith that I can get out, you're wasting my time. Because you should be an asset to me as well as I'm an asset to you if we're connected by God as friends. But what we're finding now in this hour is that we're connecting to any and everything that comes our way because we're desperate. Tell me who I am. Ooh, holy one, you walk in this. Tell me who I am. We have a dependency on the world to identify who we are. And that's why it's not working. We, the believer, the church, 
has the responsibility to tell his youth who, who they are, who they're going to be, and who they can be if they don't put limits on themselves and on God. He's a limitless God. He is, Tiki, I like you, brother. You got a, a strong, godly spirit in you. I like it. Jesus. Every time he says something, I feel an anointing hit me like, ooh, come on, man. I'm going on this side of the chair. I love my number one. My number one has been my world for over 21 years. I am proud of her. And I am always, and I'm saying it in front of people, I am always going to be hard on her. Because at the end of the day, if I sit down, I should be able to give you my best. And you should be able to finish what I'm saying. That's how connected we should be in the spirit. Wisdom. But you have to be careful. It's a, I'm learning something, Pastor Faison, and it's scary because it's kind of almost witchy and manipulative. When you deal, not, I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about Ashley now, but I'm just talking and dealing with, with, with youth. You don't want to be so on them for fear of pushing them away. But then when you look at their nature, you have to be on them. But then the key behind that is, they know that you know that, and you know that they know that, so they use that as an excuse, as if to say, well, why are you being like that to me? Stop trying to act like you ain't tough. Because you just got finished going off on somebody on the phone, telling them what you're going to do to them, and then now all of a sudden that I have to be direct with you, your soul is damaged? I don't buy it. They are the most independently sensitive generation I've ever met. They, they want your help, but they don't want you involved in nothing. So it ain't just me that noticed that. I love them because... The, the young man looking at me like, yo, when you get outside... Like, don't put my business out there. I'm trying to, like, you just put it out there. Now my mom's just going, no. I'm not trying to do that. But I want, I want this generation to be better. That's what, Ashley, is that not what I told you? I expect you to be better and go further than both me and your mother. And she has, at 21, already done that. Already. I'm not concerned about her. God got away. Like he had to kick me in my ribs three times for me to understand this is where I want you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm here. <laughs> and you have to understand when God, the scripture says he chastened them whom he loved. I tell Jesus, it's almost, excuse my terminology, it's almost like masochism. Get me, Lord. Bust my head on the wall. Kick me in the back. If, if it's going to save my soul, 
and going to bring glory to your name. Do what you have to do to get the glory. And that's how I feel when it comes down to the young people. And I know even I'm, I just have to, I, I really just came to grips this week on the job, sitting in the car when I'm supposed to be inside going to sleep. I'm really, y'all, y'all missed that. Because y'all know we do that. We cheat the clock. Oh, hold up. Y'all recording that. Hey, don't post that. <laughs> I just came to grips and understood I am 42 years old. I just came to grips. My daughter, the new one, number two, has been here Christmas three months. This week was the first week I realized I had a second child. (laughs) What are you saying? Life moves that fast that you don't recognize what's happening, and by the time you realize it, you turn it around like, what the heck? Why is that there? (laughs) And then, when did it arrive? (laughs) I love young people. My passion was young people for over 10 years as a national youth president, working with them. My passion is for the church to continue to grow. And when I see the church emptying out, there comes a godly burden. If you don't get a godly burden when you see people walking away from God, then there's something wrong with you. And because I know who I am, I know my responsibility in this last hour is to get the church prepared for his coming. But the church can't get prepared if they still trying to figure out who they are. It's further than that. It's, not, it's, it's more than just coming on Sunday morning and making it to Bible class at least twice a month. It's more than that. There is a... You coming to church, this is how I look at it. And I told the church this. It don't make sense. I don't care about you coming to church as far as attendance is concerned. Because I'm not going to beg you to come. There should be something in you that says you shouldn't be comfortable sitting at home. I don't, I don't care if you come drunk. Get, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. This is why we're not reaching the world. Come as you are. Come. I don't care. Bring your stuff. Because it is my belief the potency of God's power by the time you get in there is going to cause you to put that liquor bottle down. How do I know? I'm a recovering alcoholic. It was God that took the taste in the bottle. My wife, my daughter was there. The days that I had drunk myself almost to to commit suicide on 46 at the Travel Lodge, the devil talking to me, how fast you think you can get down there? I'm on the fourth floor. And that's building, the Travel Lodge, if you look at it, it's really boom. And I'm sitting up here having a conversation with the devil 
about how fast I can hit the ground. Then the Holy Spirit said, well, Eric, if you hit the ground, you still won't know how fast. <laughs> and then, you know, you had that wild woman like, whoop, whoop. oh, yes, thank you, Jesus. I tried, man, I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to tell you. Did I call you out, Bug? Did I say you was here? I did. All right, lady, that's all. That's my sister back there. I love my sister. I love her to death. That's my, that's my baby. Right, I'm done. I'm closing, I promise. I feel like I've been talking too long. I don't want to put nobody to sleep because I feel like I ain't doing my job, right? You got to remember who you are. The enemy's job is to strip you of who you are. And he's, he's, he's on his job. And then in him stripping, oh, Jesus, Lord, can I? In, in him stripping you of who you are, you shouldn't be helping him. You should not be helping strip yourself. You should be adorning yourself with what the word has said you are. Standing in the confidences of who God has made you and is making you. The devil going to be about his business, but you got to be about yours. And let us not forget this while it just crossed my mind. Do you not realize that this is not forever? We're building ourselves and we're building to live here. Quiet. I'm not satisfied until I get my four-bedroom mansion. I need my BMW and my Bentley. I need all that. But when you die, that Bentley ain't getting in that casket. That four-bedroom house is not getting in that casket. Set your affections on things above. This is where we're losing the battle because we too, we set our affections down here. God want our minds and our mentalities on a whole nother level. And we just keep going. Hey, man, what's going on, man? Yeah, that's my boy right there. Yo, yo. Yo, put your head together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's good? What's good? What's good? We go through all those changes. And at the end, at the end of the day, it ain't helped you be nothing. I sat there and I got upset because I hear music. I love music. Music speaks to me. I'm a drummer. I wanted to learn the organ, but I just turned into a punk and just said, forget it, because there's too many keys on there, you know? But I love music, and I sat and I actually heard the music of today. I said, that's music? I can't do it to save my... Come here, Izzy. Come on. Kai, come on. These young people, they, they, they do all that, whatever that. I said, y'all going to have to teach me how to do that because I want to make fun of it while I'm preaching. Now y'all going to have to show, come on, show them. Come on, get in there. You see? Now they know. Now, they know Uncle Eric is a little special, and they don't realize I just set them up. What gets me is you can learn that. Hello. 
And though you don't understand what they call nowadays the mumble rapper, you can identify what that mumbling sucker is saying. But when it comes down to God and his word, you can't remember what the pastor preached. I'm sorry. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. At least, at least we had drums. We had keyboards. And then we wasn't taking, we did take a couple of songs. The Lord showed me something too. Do you not notice this generation is not creative? Everything that they have going has already been. They take everything that was and try to act like it's new. It's not new. This is, when I say it's beyond my generation, and you're talking about the Osley brothers, and y'all, got, y'all sampling him, that's far beyond me. So you can't say to me that that's new. Oh, moms grew up on that, popping that Osley. Yeah, she grew up on that. So you like four to five decades, of, well, a long time ago. But what are you saying? The devil assignment is to clone. God don't need to clone. When he has numbered every hair on your head and every hair on your head is not the same, that shows me a God of creativity. Not no need for me to be the same as somebody else. Jesus. And what, 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 what I found out what went wrong is you, I can't sit here and expect my daughter to grab the microphone and to preach like I preach. She's not a man. She is not a clone. And God has graced her and individualized her to be who she's supposed to be. So all she needs me to do is teach her the word. And God will do the rest. But this generation is copycats. No creativity whatsoever. And when they can be creative, but they can't because they have not met the creator. They have an idea that there is a God. But have you gone into that throne room and met him? Have you been on your knees talking to him? Have you allowed him to show himself to you? That when your pastor is telling you about God, there's an identification in you that goes along with what the man of God is saying across the pulpit. There should be some quickening. There should be some, oh, yes, I know, because I was in prayer this week and the Lord shared that with me. Your pastor should be sitting there confirming what you've been going through within the week's journey. That the Holy Spirit has shown you and talked to you. And the reason why it seems like the pastor is off is because you ain't talking to God. And we blame the leader. But in knowing who you are, you know, I got to have time with the master. I got to sit there and I got to crack the Bible. How can I sit here and know him if I don't read about him? He left his last will and testament for me to know my, oh Jesus, for me to know my rights of who he has said I am. I'm learning confidence. At 42, I'm learning to be confident. Not in Eric, because Eric is going to nail 
mess it up every time as he always does. But I'm confident in the God of the Bible. How the man say, Larry Reed say, I'm paper Bible save. How many of y'all know Larry Reed? I know it, it. Nobody know Larry Reed? Well, I'm paper Bible saved. I'm not a phone. I'm, in other words, I'm not internet saved. I'm old school. I carry a Bible. I keep that. that, that, that the, the, I'm talking the paper that come from trees, old school way. I keep that kind of salvation going on inside of me. Not the New Age one, because the New Age one ain't got no anchor to it. And you'll flow and go with every wind and doctrine trying to figure out, well, where am I? I need to know. And there is a security in knowing who God is because he secures me and who he says I am. Don't let nobody ever tell you what you ain't. Don't let nobody ever tell you that you cannot. When God says you can. Don't let nobody, I don't care if they shut the door in your face. Give it a minute. Watch God kick it back open. Because he has chosen you to be successful. He's chosen you to show forth his glory, his nature. That's your identity of who you are. God's child, fearfully and wonderfully made, made in his image and after his likeness. He has called you from the foundation of the earth. You are in the mind of God from the beginning of time. I was listening, I was studying, and I'm, I promise you, I keep saying it, I'm a, I've realized I'm a pastor too because pastors say that like seven times before they really put the microphone down. I'm finished. I'm really done. I came to grips and understood by listening to Miles Monroe how important I am. Knowing that he sent me here. Did you hear what I just said? We think mommy and daddy got us here. Mommy and daddy ain't got nothing to do with you. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Mommy and daddy is just the car. That's all they were. The vehicle to get you here. The worst thing that we can do is find and bind our loyalties to flesh. I'm not knocking down mommy and daddy because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a daddy myself. But at the end of the day, we recognize that there is a superior daddy. That sent you forth in the fullness of time. What the, I found the fullness of time means the right, precise moment. God knew that in 1977, Eric Gregory had to hit the scene. He knew that Eric Gregory had to go through certain things in order for me to be who I'm supposed to be in this hour. Did I enjoy it? Did I like it? Did it hurt? Yeah, it hurt. Because the reality about it, if we can go back in time and fix some things, we would try to do it. But then in wisdom, I think I'd rather leave things the way that they were because it made me be who I am. Not just that, it showed me and helped me to get closer to God. Remember who you are. What time is it I'm looking at? I've been up, oh, how long I've been up? Long enough? Okay. Why say that? I don't know what else to do after that. 
Young people, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Never forget, God made choice of you. We weren't smart enough to choose God. He chose us. And being that he chose us, he has made every way available for you for success for his namesake. I'm done. We preached the message a couple weeks ago about his namesake, bearing his name. God does what he does because you bear his name. Don't forget who you are. Look at your name and say, you powerful, baby. Hallelujah. What I have an um, altar call. Is there anybody that's been struggling with their identity? Insecure, uncertain. Who you are, where you're going, what this is all about. Come on down to this altar so we can pray with you. I'm going to ask for Elder Walcott, Pastor Beecher, to come join me. Life isn't easy, but it's more easier when you got God in the mix. There's some days I wanted to throw in the towel and give it up, and I kept telling God I'm tired, done had enough, but he helped me to understand I was dealing with some identity crises because I was dealing with uncertainty. But God comes today to make you certain of who you are, of who he called you to be. It doesn't change. Wherever you go, you have to remember. I didn't get a chance to get back to the text, but he said that you are the salt. Salt is no good unless it's used. Did you hear what I said? Salt is no good unless it's used. The meat doesn't taste better unless you got salt. What are you saying, Pastor? This youth department, y'all got the salt. Add some flavor. God wants to sprinkle you out. God, I thank you. Over in this community. God wants to sprinkle you out over into the world. So that you can add flavor and show forth his glory in this hour. Long gone are the days that we watch young people leave the church and not return. One thing that I have an appreciation for Living Water is I have watched this youth department go, grow, and go to college and still remain. You know why? Because of leaders that have a heart after God. There are some young people that say, I'm leaving the church. And they do not come back because that leader did not make them feel or help them to understand who they were. When you're affecting people's lives and you're doing it the right way, the God way, they will never leave. They can go away for a season, but they will be right back because they know where their help is. The help is in the house of God. Father, we thank you and we praise you for each and every one that is on this altar. We thank you, Lord, for them understanding 
in their hearts and in their minds that they are struggling with an identity crisis. We thank you, Lord, that your word has come to remind us who you have made us to be. Father, we thank you for your anointing and your word that comes to break the fetter of Satan that keeps our minds away from what your word has said. Lord, we thank you and we praise you and honor you, Lord, for this word that has come forth to teach us, to show us that even in the state that we're in, that you have come to make us better. Father, we give your name praise that you are opening up our ears now to hear your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you're opening up our eyes now to be able to see what you have called us to do. We thank you, Lord, that you have empowered us to do and to live and to be effective in this hour. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us and that your word is true, that you would never leave nor forsake us. We thank you, Lord, that you are empowering us to stand. We thank you, Lord, that you have caused us to be the salt of the earth. We thank you, Lord, that you have caused us to be the light of this world, that we are set on a hill that the world can see, that while they're in darkness, that there is somewhere that they can run to, Lord. And as we lead them, we lead them to you, Father, for you have been and you are our God and our Savior, and we praise you for it. We bless you for it. We glorify you for it. Now, Father, we come yielded to you now in the name of Jesus. We come to yield ourselves to you, Lord. We yield ourselves over to you, Father. We come to place the confusion down on the altar, Lord. For you told us to cast our cares upon you, for it is you that cares about us. Life is rough, Father, but you've given us that abundant life. And we thank you, Lord, that with abundant life we can supersede this life, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for empowering us, Lord, to be able to call those things that be not as though they were, Lord. And we thank you for certainty now, Lord. We thank you for certainty now, God. We plead the blood of Jesus against insecurity in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, we thank you now, God, that you're stabilizing our thought processes. We thank you, Lord, that you're stabilizing our emotions. We plead the blood of Jesus upon our emotions, our will today, Lord, that you have your way in us and through us, Lord, that your glory shall be revealed even now, God, as we continue to remember remember who you have made us to be we thank you for it lord we glorify you for it we praise you and honor you today jesus hallelujah thank you